are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We're in the book of Titus today, and it is my prayer that as we look at the Word of God, it'll find lodging in all of our hearts. Because you're settled in there, I won't have you stand. And again, if you're out in the direct sun, I envy you. Uh, maybe we'll switch. You come up here or something, but it might be getting warm there. So, fellas, if you want to take your coat off, that is perfectly fine. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Let's read verse 12 together. Ready? Begin. Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. The Bible says, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you read verse 14, please? Ready, begin. You know, in my life, it's, I'm certain like your life, thank you for reading, I'm sorry for interrupting you, in my life, uh, I, I feel like generally I live on the winning side. I want to live there. I want to live as a happy Christian, fired all up, excited about the things of God. Our Sunday school class was in these four tents this morning. Pastor Everson was teaching from 2 John. We were having such a great Bible study in the Word of God, learning from the Scripture this morning. And then over here was the comedy hour with Brother Martinez and his class. All they did was laugh the entire hour. I don't know what kind of Bible you got, but it sounded like you were enjoying it. But uh, so you have next week to choose the Word of God or laughter. Come to the Word of God class. That'd be great. But it sounded fun over there, Brother Martinez. You know, I think that's how our class is. We want to live as happy Christians on the winning side. Oh, victory in Jesus. I don't want to, uh, I don't want to live my life discouraged, defeated, depressed, and angry. You know, I love what God's done in my life. I love the fact that I'm married. And I love the fact that she gets to live with me. I, I'm proud for her. Just seeing if you're listening. I love my wife. I love her presence. I want to be with her. And I appreciate her so very much all these years here. I appreciate the three children she gave us and the 14 grandkids that, that we have. Uh, it, it, we, we've enjoyed such a wonderful, wonderful life together. You can't get any better. You know, I love pastoring this church. I love it. We're coming up in July on the 46th anniversary. I was praying this morning, thinking back 46 years ago right now. I was thinking about how the North Valley Baptist Church did not own one thing. We did not own a piece of ground. We didn't own a building. We rented a building. We didn't own a song book. We didn't own a piano. We didn't own a, own a microphone system. We did, not, we did not own anything. We had three buses given to us, a 1948 International, 1956 GMC, and a 1957 Chevy. And we painted them and we put those on the road. They broke down literally every single week. One Sunday, I remember all three of them were getting towed in at the same time with different tow trucks. Uh, it was, we didn't have anything nice, but, but thank God for what we had. And we got started, we didn't have an offering plate that matched. 
We didn't have a Lord's table set. We had three different sets that were given to us by churches. We merged them together. They didn't match. They didn't stack. But that's what we had. You know, looking back, I love it all. I love that little old building that we started with 60 people. I love that building. I loved it when we bought the building and enlarged it, and we enlarged it to 198 chairs. And I thought, how in the world will we ever? It was about 4 o'clock in the morning. I think on a Thursday morning we were finishing up, and I looked at that, I stood up there on that platform. I said, dear God, what have I done? 198 chairs. How will this ever happen? But look what God did. God can do anything. You know, I, I love pastoring this church. I love it. My only regret, I wish I was back in my 20s so I could have more years with you. Uh, I, I, I'm so thankful that God has allowed us to be right here. This is just such a blessing in our life. You know, I love people. I love God's people. They're the best. That'd be a good place to say amen. I love God's people. They're great. And I love people. I've traveled so much, I stopped here a couple of years ago, but Mondays and Tuesdays for about 40 years, I would travel somewhere in America to go preach, and I'd sit in the airport and just watch people. It is the funniest thing to watch people. I just crack up at them. They're all ticked off, all mad, all upset, or not knowing where they're going. Well, it says gate 23 right there, you're standing right by it. And they're asking for directions to gate 23. Well, it's right here. And people are amazing. It's fun to watch them. It's fun to watch them drive. I was telling the men at yesterday, or the bus workers yesterday, you know, when I was younger, someone honked at me, and my wife would say, what's their problem? And now they honk at me. She said, who'd you run, who'd you run off the road? What'd you do? I don't know how that happens. Brother Van Dyke, Mrs. Van Dyke, I asked him, does that ever happen? He goes, all the time. He'll be coming forward at the invitation today. Don't you love people? I love our neighbors. Our neighbor's a young couple on both sides. When they were on this side, she sent me just a beautiful card in the mail. I, I didn't know who it was from this week. And I, and I read the card and it said, and there was a check for this church. It said, thank you for what you're doing. It doesn't come to this church, never been here. Thank you for what you're doing for this area. And then there was another card she sent to me. And, and she said, and there was another check. Her husband just passed away, and she loves our church. I'm so thankful for our neighbors. The neighbors on the other side, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. They started having their house painted on Friday. And I'm telling you, it was about the most putrid-looking color I ever had seen in my life. And my wife said, please, let's hope they don't paint it that color. Well, it was a primer, and they painted it yesterday. She took a picture, sent it to me. I said, oh, it's going to be beautiful. I saw them last night. I said, Patrick, it is going to be beautiful. You're trimming it in the white, right? Yeah, we are. Good. It's going to be beautiful. Neighbor on this side, they, she said, Pastor, we're getting ready to paint the house about two months ago. I said, oh, good. She said, we're thinking about this color, and I'm thinking about this color. And uh, I, I knew I wanted to get my opinion in there. Oh, I said, your house. She might be watching right now. The way it's laid, the peaks all. Oh, it would look great, that second color. Next day they painted that second color. Praise the Lord. I have two beautiful houses on the, both sides of us. Uh, Kissel's paint your house. Other folks in that neighborhood, it's about time. I, I just tell you, I, I, I really do, I love life. I love getting out of bed in the morning. I don't have to set an alarm. I just, I love it. Sometimes you ever get discouraged? When we moved to California in 1953, 
This song had just been written. Sometimes I feel discouraged and think my life in vain. I'm tempted then to murmur and of my light lot complain. Then I think of Jesus and what he's done for me. And I cry, O rock of ages, hide thou me. It's in our psalm book, page 424. We get back in the church, we're breaking out the psalm books and not song sheets. Sometimes they get discouraged. Sometimes they get very defeated, just downhearted. It's been 401 days as of today. 401 days we've been out of our building. I love where we're at. I love preaching out here. I love the cars. I love that God's people are watching. It's so exciting. To me, this is revival. It's camp mean I love it. But in these last 401 days, up against lawyers and up against fines and up against all the things that you and I together have faced, sometimes it's very discouraging. Sometimes it wears me down. Sometimes, many times in the night hours, I have to get up and just pray and I think I don't want to be discouraged to my wife. I don't want my kids to hear me discouraged. I don't want the staff to hear me downhearted. I don't want people to know how low I am today. And that's, that's to all of us. Someone said, they, they emailed in, they said, you know, COVID's been real hard on Brother Treber. We can see it. He's aged a lot this last year. No, I haven't. I look as young today as I did 45 years ago. Who'd ever, th- who, thank you, thank you. I'll see you at the altar too. I'm getting where I'm going. I don't want to live negative. I don't want to live depressing. I don't want to live in hopelessness and despair. The spirit of hopelessness and despair and quitting is all around us. We see it. Quitting the ministry. Quitting on marriage. Quitting on our children. Quitting on parenting. Quitting on family. Quitting on our work. Quitting on a Christian service. Quitting on tithing quitting on our our church attendance, quitting on convictions, quitting as deacons all over America. The last year, people have quit as being deacons, quitting on being a Sunday school teacher or a bus worker or an usher or a soul winner. Now, now what causes us to quit? I'm gonna get to my message in a moment. Give me another moment. Disappointment causes us to quit. Sometimes I do feel discouraged and so do you. I think of that song, when the things you gave your life to fell apart. After 45 years, I never thought we'd be preaching on the parking lot. But after 45 years, I love it out here as much, if not more than right there right now, because this is God's appointment and God's assignment in our life. I'm not gonna waste my time complaining at you how bad things are when things are great. You say, well, the airplanes, God bless them. They get to hear the gospel as they go over and look down and say something's happening. Nothing's happening at the 49ers stadium over here, but something's happening down there. Hey, there's a steeple. They must be in church. I guarantee it, you're gonna hear that testimony. I was on a plane and I began to witness to a man uh, some years ago. He says, I don't want that. And uh, I tried it again. I tried to talk to him about the Lord and gave him a gospel track. He said, listen, I know who you are. You're my neighbor around the corner. I live right by the church and I don't want any of it. Well, guess what? There's gonna come a day where he may want it. I've seen that happen so many times. 
people that have been against, I think of the man that shimmied up the pole over on the other property. We used to have a huge pole and a huge flag and he shimmied up there, just got out of jail and somehow he got up there and he disconnected that he stole the flag. But I remember the day that he came forward and got saved and asked Jesus Christ to be a savior. And I remember the day he became a bus captain of this church and bringing men and women and boys and girls to Jesus Christ. Oh friend, God can do anything. So today, what causes discouragement? What disappointment and discouragement and defeat? And when we're backslidden, we'll always quit. Today, in these brief moments I have left with you, I want to speak to you about the victorious Christian life. What will cause you to be victorious? What will cause me here in Titus to be victorious? Well, look in your Bibles with me, if you will, in Titus in chapter number two. In Titus two, verse 13. Looking for that blessed, watch that word, hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. You want to live on the winning side? You want to live, oh, victory in Jesus? You're going to have to look for that blessed hope. He is coming again. He is coming again. This very same Jesus rejected of man, he's coming again. Maybe morning, maybe noon, maybe evening, but Jesus is coming again. You can take him to the bank. He said, let not your heart be troubled. He believe in God, believe also in me and my father's house and many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place, I will come again to receive you unto myself. He is coming again. Oh, I look at this world and the world is unraveling and politics is unraveling and church is unraveling. But tell you I what? I get up in the morning and say, I wonder if today the trump of God shall sound and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them with the, in the Lord and wherefore shall we ever be. Maybe today the trump will sound. Maybe today the voice of the archangel will sound. Maybe today we'll be in heaven. Maybe you'll see your loved one. Maybe I'll see my mother today, my father today, my sister today, my aunts and uncles today. Maybe I'll see a precious niece today. Maybe we'll be on the other side before the night is over. He is coming again. The Bible says when you begin to see these things come to pass, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. There's no awesome last times. Perilous times shall come. Savage times. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Proud, boastful, disobedient to parents. Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Yes, he's coming. I tell you what, I, I want to sing about his coming. I want to sing about the fact that Jesus Christ, I've been singing this week, Christ returneth. College, we're going to sing it in college chapel. We're having it on the cue card for Wednesday. Christ returneth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We used to sing it. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I tell you what, he's coming. I long for that day. I never saw my grandparent, my grandparents on my mother's side, but my mother would say, your grandfather, he's been gone since I think 1938, but she said, your grandfather as a German uh, uh, preacher, lay preacher, he preached on Sundays, I believe he's coming soon. And she goes, that was so many years ago. My grandfather on the other side was a German lay pastor. They both worked on the farms. They both worked in the factories in Wisconsin. But they'd preach on Sunday in German churches in Wisconsin. And you know, my dad would say, I, I can remember the conversation. My dad would say, I can remember my father saying that maybe today, maybe today, 
Jesus. Now they have a grandson that's saying in 2021, he is coming again. Oh, he's coming. He's coming. When you begin to see these things in nations against nations of wars and rumors of wars, and the Bible says pestilence, which is disease and viruses. Look up for your redemption draweth nigh. I tell you what, I'm not gonna look down here and get my inspiration from here. Where will you get it, from CNN, MSNBC? What will you get it from, talk radio, right or left? What will you get it from? This down here will not bring you any hope. This down here won't bring you any joy. But oh, be over yonder, just over in the glory land. I'm gonna sing forevermore with him up there. I want to, and by the way, no mask as well, because sing, there is singing in heaven. I tell you how to get you fired up. Stop looking at all your problems and everything you want to change. They're God's divine appointment. I could want to change this all I want to change it. I'm not going to change it. It's God's divine appointment. He said, well, I know of other states that are wide open. I know of this state that are wide open. God bless you. I know most counties, most churches are inside in California today and they're singing without masks on. But we're not. So this is our appointment. This is where we're at. How do you expect me to change it? Go down to the county offices that are not open? Get a hold of Mr. Newsom? Well, I know he's been watching us. I know that, but he doesn't even have an email address to get to. I'm not going to change his heart, but God may change his heart as he did Nebuchadnezzar that night when he could not sleep. And Mr. Newsom might be in the governor's mansion, which is his house, and he might be trying to sleep one night, and he might say, you know what, I can't get out of my mind. That church that's in a parking lot, and they, he, that guy sends me these videos all the time, but I can't get it out of my mind. And I, I wonder if I died tonight, where I would spend eternity. He might get saved to be a member of the North Valley Baptist Church. I'm telling you, friend, don't look down, look up. The blessed hope, notice in Titus, Titus chapter two, and I, I want you to see this second, second step to this victory, a victorious life, the blessed hope, the beloved Savior. Look at chapter two, verse 13, the latter part of the verse, and that great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify to himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Oh, how I love Jesus. What a savior. Oh, Brother Martinez, I should have him sing it, but we don't take the time. Oh, what a savior. Oh, what a savior. Oh, what a savior divine. You know, in our church hymn book that we've published, if you look in the back index, the one name that comes up the most when you go to the letter J or any of the other 20, how many letters in the alphabet, 26? Is that what there is? What do I want to say 24, 26, right? You don't know. But uh, you look at all those letters, but you get to J, and it's one song after, Jesus is the sweetest, his name is first. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. Standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Fills my ever longing, keeps me singing as I go. Don't lose fact that we have a savior. What a savior. Uh, I, I, my wife's favorite song, page one, I stand amazed. 
in the presence of Jesus the Nazarene in your bulletin today, the song that was written for our church this year that goes with this theme, press on. The first word is Jesus has promised. Oh, what a savior. You know, you start thinking about how bad you have it. Would you think that he left heaven's glory? He who was rich for your sake, my sake became poor, that we through his poverty might be made rich. Would you ever stop and think the fact that he went and died on the cross for our sins? I'll never forget over that glorious night in 1956 where I bowed my knee and asked Jesus Christ to be my personal savior and my sin was cleansed and washed away. My name recorded in the book of life. Oh yes, I've sinned since then. Oh yes, I've failed since then. Oh yes, I've been discouraged with me since then. But Jesus never fails. He's never failed. Jesus never fails. I tell you how you can live victorious, the blessed hope. I tell you how you can live victorious, the beloved Savior. I tell you how you can live on the winning side. Number three, the brethren, God's people, God's people. I like how Paul Paul writes to Titus and he closes chapter three, verse 15. Greet them that love us in the faith. He closes the book of 1 Corinthians. He said, to you, I want you to know I love you. I thank God, Paul always is saying, I thank God for every, every, every one of you. I thank God that he said, you are like a son to me. You know, God's people, can disappoint you. Demas did in chapter number four of 2 Timothy. Demas was a right-hand man with the apostle Paul. In Colossians chapter four, just a year and a half before, he was right with Paul. Paul was preaching the word and there was Demas right by his side. But when you get to chapter four, verse 10, Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. I've watched people, I've been here long enough. I've watched people get enamored by the world and the world gets them out of church. I've watched people get enamored with money and the money gets them out of church and they that will be rich fall into the snare of the devil. I've watched people that got rich and went after money and most of the time, if not all, have lost it all. I've watched people backslide. I've watched people lose their marriages. I've watched people through the years and sometimes it gets so disheartening Paul deals with all these different people here in the book of 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, Titus, that turned against them. And so many turned against them, Hymenius and Philagius and Demas and Jamnus and, and who betrayed, uh, betrayed uh, uh, Moses and Korah, all these people. And you know, I, I'll never get over it when people get mad at the church, at mad at the pastor, it always hurts. It keeps me up at night, but I have to look and say, you know what? That's one. Thank God for the people of God. I love God's people. I love deacons meeting. I love going to deacons meeting. I love the staff that God allows me to work with. I love the ushers. I love the bus captains, the bus drivers, the bus workers, the Sunday school teachers. I thank God so much for the nursery workers that are holding those babies. I think of the day they, they held all three of our children and all three of our kids are out serving God full time today. I'm so thankful for what that nursery did. I thank God for the school, what it did for our kids and the college, what it did for our kids, what it does. I love God's people. I love shaking hands with people. 
people. I love talking to people. I, I love howling with folks. It's the most wonderful thing. I think of those people through the years, uh, way back when I was a child, all the way through, and I don't have time for the sake of time, all the way through the first place where I served God in Illinois. And I think of those people that had such an involvement in my life as lay people and cared for me. And then my young wife and I, when we got married in 1972, and all of a sudden, those people began to care for us and love us, and we had no food in the house. And then at times, they would care for us. And when we first came here, nothing, nothing. God knows it's true. We had nothing. And I can think of, we went by what is now a Denny's over there on First Street, and I remember that was the very first place the chairman of deacons and his wife, he had a little pinto, big six-foot-four man, a little pinto, and his little white-haired wife. And they said, now, we're taking you to lunch today, Brother Treber, and, and your wife. And it was just the two of us and those two. They had no children. We didn't have children. And they took us to lunch. And I'm thinking, I have no money. And yet they paid for lunch. I think of Bill and Eleanor Stoppy that so many times took us to their house or took them to the, and when we had no money. And God's people. I think of Brother Jim Tucker's with the Lord and how he picked up that old Ford that I was driving in college from Illinois down to, from Wisconsin down to Illinois. And, and they would, uh, 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 I would get the car there and it was smoking oil so bad. And one Saturday he said, Brother Trayburn, you go out, you take my car. I think he said, you take my truck. He had a Chevy truck. You take my truck out visiting. Let me have your car. I just want to look at it today. And he and about three men, I came back, and the hood was off the car. And the motor was out off the car, straight cylinder six. I thought, oh, no. I know it's not running right. And I said, Brother Tucker, what are you doing? And I said, Brother, Jack, Brother Traver, he's a southern country guy. He said, we're, um, we're, we're, we're putting rings and grinding the valves and we're, we're, we're overhauling your motor today. I didn't know what to say. I pulled him aside, I said, Brother Tucker, I'm so grateful. I, I said, I don't, I don't have any money. I don't have, I don't have anything to give you, I'll pay, but I, I, not today. He said, Brother Traber, we're doing this because we love you. You go ahead and criticize God's people if you want. But when I need encouragement, I get to God's people. I tell you, I, I long, and the older I get, I long for Sunday school. I long for it. I get beat up no more than you do. But I tell you, on a daily basis, it's just wearisome. And it's just hard and difficult. And I get to Sunday school and just see God's people that restores my soul. I get to Sunday morning and I'm right here. I, I, I'm, I'll wind it up. I could speak to you all day. I love being with you. I love singing with you. Sunday night, so incredible. Wednesday night, uh, we're, we're in a series with Pastor Cooper right now and Nehemiah. I love it. I tell you what, I love going to God's house to be around God's people. You want to have some encouragement, live on the way. So, well, you know how Christians are. They're all, I don't know what your Christians are, but I'll tell you what, I thank God for the elementary kids. Hey, pastor, I lost a tooth this week. And I thank God for that. It's, it's thrilling. I want to talk to them. I thank God for the high schools. Well, you know, there's some hypocrites in that school over there. Yes, because they come from homes like that. Sure, there'd be some. 
But I tell you what, I'd put these teenagers that we have here, hundreds and hundreds of them, up against any teenagers in America. We are blessed to have them. The college students, oh, what a blessing. Graduation, May 12th, Wednesday night. They'll be on the road going and leaving. I thank God for the college. I thank God for the senior saints and everyone in between. I'm telling you what, God's people are the best. How are you going to live on the victory side, the blessed hope, the beloved Savior, the brethren, the Bible? I have scripture here from Titus, but for the sake of time, he keeps talking about sound doctrine. I love the old Bible, the precious old Bible. I can't sleep. I get up and I get my Bible out. It's a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. I love the Bible. I love the word of God. Some nights I don't get what I should get out of it. That's not the Bible's fault, it's me. And sometimes God just shows things to me that I need it for that very hour. He'll give me verses that it's just right there. The Bible, then I'm out of time, but the backbone. You know what causes me not to quit is, by God's grace, I've got a backbone. It, that would be found in, all through Titus, but chapter 1, verse 3, chapter 3, verse 9, chapter 1, verse 12, chapter 1, verse 16. There's, I, I, I am not going to quit. I'm not going to quit on God. I'm not going to quit on His Word. I'm not going to quit on God's people. I'm not going to quit on this area. I'm not going to quit on our state. I'm not going to quit on country. I, I just thank God for the privilege to serve the King of Kings. It's about time that all of us get some backbone and say, I'm not quitting on my marriage. I'm not quitting on my kids. I'm not quitting on my grandkids. They're away from God. They're backslidden. They're alcoholics. They're drug addicts. My heart is shattered. My heart is broken. But friend, don't give up on them. Never give up. Never give up. And then I say number six, I'm, I will close now. Stay busy for God. Why is it we have problems? First thing, I think I'll give my class up. We have problems. I think I'll get my bus route up. We have problems. I think I'm going to stay out of Sunday school. We have problems. I think I'm going to stay out of Sunday night. Why would you destroy the thing that is the answer for your life? Years ago, Bill and Leanne Manley, we reached them in May of 1978, I think, on a big day. On a Saturday, they came on Sunday. The ushers put them in the very front row. They gave me a plaque, and I had secretaries years ago type this up off that plaque. That plaque is still in my office. It's a glass plaque, just a little four by six. sits on a, uh, on, a, on a shelf by my office desk. It's entitled, you know it, Don't Quit. Whether things go wrong as they sometimes will, when the road you're trudging seems all uphill, when the funds are low and the debts are high, and you want to smile, but you have to sigh. When care is pressing you down a bit, rest if you must, but you must not quit. Life is strange with its twists and turns. And as every one of us sometimes learn, many a failure turns about when you might have won had you just stuck it out. Don't give up, though the pace seems slow. You may succeed with another blow. Success is failure turned inside out. The silver tint of the clouds of doubt. 
and never can tell how close you are. It may be near when it seems so far. So stick to the fight when your heart is hit. It's when things seem worse that you must not quit. The last word Jesus uttered, finished. It is finished. God's given you something to do. Don't do it like a grump. Don't do it to defeat it and depress. Well, you know, I'm getting old now. Don't talk to me about that. You might be getting old, but I'm not getting old. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm an American. I'm glad I'm a member of the great North Valley Baptist Church. I'm glad I'm a pastor. I love my pastor. <laughs> I love God's people. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.